listeners, and welcome once again to Chad and Chelsea, a Chelsea FC fan podcast. We are those two fans. I am Tyler, joined by the lovely wife, Maria. Maria, how are you on this lovely Sunday? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I, I liked, you know, how they looked on the pitch better than they did last season. Better than they did so. last season. And that's I feel like that's just the expectation for 2023, 2024 yes. in general. Let's just look better than <laughs> last season, where we only scored... What was it, 38 goals in the Premier League or something we last year? We speak of that. Oh, man. Anyways, yep, it's uh, August 13, 2023. This is the Liverpool-Chelsea match review, the opening match of the Pochettino era, the opening match of the season. Um, ended in a 1-1 draw, um, and we're going to talk all about that. Um, but first, how was, uh, how was the weekend in general? You think the opening Premier League weekend, was there any games um, that we were watching? You know, we tried to watch most games, but, you know, in the 10 o'clock slot, you kind of got to only um, pick one. Well, 10 o'clock slot for us, by the way, because we're on Eastern time over here. That's right. Uh, we watched a little bit of Brighton. They scored five goals uh, against Luton Town. They got a nice, easy fixture for the first. Yeah, I mean, it's Luton Town. No offense to, to, I know, you yeah. know, to them or anything like that. But, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. woo-hoo for you. We watched Man City on Friday beat Burnley, which it initially looked like it was going to maybe be a you know, better contested matchup. I think it ended up being 3-0. Yeah. Holland, Holland is inevitable. Yep. Uh, is. That's what I was going to say. Holland. That's just Holland. He is he is like Thanos, for sure. Inevitable. Um, yeah, opening weekend, uh, those games stood out to me. I think um, the Fulham match was a decent match to watch. That one wasn't bad. I watched a little bit of Bournemouth and West Ham. Not too bad, 1-1. And then today was uh, Brentford and Tottenham in the early slot, and then Chelsea-Liverpool in the second slot. Brentford-Tottenham was pretty good, too. It was, actually. Those two teams ended up in a draw as well. Um, we got to see, you know, kind of what this new Spurs look like without Harry Kane. Uh, that was, a uh, that was announced over this past weekend that he was going to go to Bayern Munich. Um, so, you know, it'd be a little easier to play Spurs this year. Um, although in the past seasons, we've kept him out the net in yeah. the past season. Like he hasn't scored on us maybe like, uh, one or two seasons. Uh, but still a lot easier to play against them when he's not there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, today, the topics we got for you are the Liverpool Chelsea match review. Uh, we'll get into that first. Um, the Caicedo drama, uh, in case you lived under a rock, this weekend was wild. Um, we also have the Kepa to Real Madrid on a loan news. A pretty big deal as the number one um, spot in the goalkeeper position has officially changed. And then we got a West Ham preview for next week. Going to London Stadium to play West Ham away. Um, looking to pick up the first win of the season. So, uh, want to get into Liverpool-Chelsea first? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so ended in a 1-1 draw. Um, oh, yeah, you called, you know, let's just go ahead and say it. The that, damn, I wasn't going to bring it up, but the score predictions from last week, you know, we'll, we'll try to do this every week and uh, we'll make it like a series. So Maria is officially up one nothing for the season. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to track this the whole season and we're going to see at the end of the season who got the most right. I said two one Chelsea win. Uh, I guess I'm being a little overly optimistic. You know, I knew Liverpool were a tough team, but I just think that I just thought that nobody really knew how we would play. And, you know, it's a different style. And Maria picked one one. Um, um, well, not only did you pick a draw, and you got that right, because you could have picked any score, you also specifically said one-to-one, and you got it right. Well done. Well, it's it's not that I didn't or hope that it, it we'd win it, of like two-to-one yeah, or something like that. You got to look at it analytically. I yeah. was thinking about in terms like we now have um, new people, new players, um, a lot of more potential. New system, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a new manager, and I thought that perhaps because there's all still a little bit green, you know, in terms of playing in the Premier League, 
that it would take a couple of games maybe to kind of get into a rhythm. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah, the transfer window is still going on. There's still players to be added. Um, and we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, it's for an opening game, you know, with Nkuku picking up that injury last weekend, which, you know, he would have started this game. So Pochettino kind of had to had a week to prepare and say, OK, this is this is the team he picked. Um, that's what he ended up going with. We can go over the starting lineups right now. Um, some interesting choices. I think it was really, for, for the most part, I think the lineup was pretty much exactly predicted by fans, except for Axel Tassasi. I think yes. that was the one, and he ended up being the goal scorer as well. Yes. Um, that was, the, if you look at score predictions over Twitter the past week, everyone was you know, trying to predict what is he going to do for Liverpool. Uh, we were playing a 4-2-3-1 the entirety of the preseason, um, yeah. except for like some odd, you know, 15-minute increments and stuff, or when players had to come out injured or tired or something. He did. He did kind of switch to a back three a little bit. But, yeah, so he went with a back three with the wingback system, which is what we saw a lot under Thomas Tuchel and Graham Potter. Um, I don't think this is a permanent thing. I think this is because of what he has available to him. Yeah. I think this is, you know, we don't have Caicedo available yet. I think he wasn't comfortable with it. I think he wanted to utilize Chilwell and James on the wing and really get them high up the pitch. And we saw that. He did, yes, a lot. Uh, so let's go over the starting lineup in general. Um, Robert Sanchez in goal. Um, we had a back three of Levi Colwell. Thiago Silva and Axel DeSassi, Colwell and DeSassi and Sanchez all making their first team debut for Chelsea. Of course, Colwell came through the academy, but has never played for the first team in a real game. <clears throat> uh, we had a midfield or slash wingbacks of Reese James and Ben Chilwell, and in the middle, Connor Gallagher and Enzo Fernandez. And then we had a front three slash, you know, maybe Sterling and Jackson were two strikers, um, Carney Chikomega, uh, Nicholas Jackson, and Raheem Sterling. Uh, substitutes that we saw on, uh, we saw Malo Gusto come on first for Reese James. Ian Matson and Mikhailo Mudrik came on for Chukameka and Sterling. And then uh, in the dying moments, Leslie Uguchukwu came on for Ben Chilwell. It seemed like the um, Ben Chilwell and Reese James one, that one was more um, being tired and uh, lack of fitness. Um, whereas Ian Matson and Mudrik, that was kind of, you know, that was kind of a bit of fitness too, but also just provide fresh legs yeah. and a bit of a system change. Um, I don't think the subs got enough time to no, impact, I, especially Mudrick. I mean, Mudrick picked up the ball maybe twice on the wing. You know? I feel like he should have done it like maybe 10 or 15 minutes earlier. I was thinking the 65th minute. Like, yeah, I think yeah. they would have had uh, more time to maybe, I don't know, catch another break. Because they were so close. Even, even though, to me, it was a little bit late, they had a few chances that if maybe an extra little bit of time, it would have panned out for us. Yeah, I thought you know we def- um I thought none of the subs really provided too much coming on. Um, Ian Matson just kind of looked a little shaky on the ball. Um, Modric just didn't get that many chances to be honest. He did have that chance right at the end where Nicholas Jackson is just storming yeah. through the middle, um, muscles off Kanate and he lays it off to Modric. And I think if that was maybe if Allison wasn't so perfect in closing down Modric, I think he would have rounded him per- you know just fine and been yeah. able to slot a goal home to win it in the tying moments. But it didn't happen. I think Allison just closed him down really well. Maybe Madrid's touch wasn't as good as he expected. And then uh, Malo Gusto came on for each team. He got the most playing time out of the subs. I think he did fine. You know, he just a little erratic on the ball. A little just kind of the game was like fast. You could see he was trying to like catch up to the pace because, yeah. you know, you're trying to come onto the pitch and everyone's already at full pace and you're not. So he's just trying to catch up a little bit. And then Leslie Ugochoko, we really didn't see him really touch the ball really much at all. Um, I know he got that one block at the end of the game on a Darwin Nunez shot. Um, Liverpool went up with. Um, pretty much a lineup that you would expect. I think the only one that I maybe wasn't expect was Cody Gakpo starting and not Curtis Jones. Because if you looked at their preseason, Curtis Jones was starting in a midfield with um, 
Dominic Sazosbel. Uh, oh, God, his name's so hard to pronounce. God, for the third week in a row, so hard to pronounce. And uh, so they went with Allison in goal, uh, Robertson, Van Dyke, Konate, Alexander Arnold in the back four, uh, McAllister, Gagpo, and uh, Dominic Shazoslach uh, in, in a midfield three. And then uh, Luis Diaz, Diego Jota, and Mohamed Salah as a front three. <laughs> Tried my best. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what we expected from Liverpool. Yes. Like, they're not, they really play the same every game. They don't really let um, a system change. You can tell that both teams need a midfielder so bad. And we'll get onto that in the next Drama. topic. In the next topic. But man, both teams need someone in the midfield so bad. So this is really just a case of, this is half a preseason game and half of a real game. In a sense, but of course it was a real game. Uh, the points are shared. It was a one-one draw. Um, do you have any any overall thought from the first half, the second half? Overall thoughts? I think we started the game slow. I we think did. it's fair to say the first twenty minutes. Yeah, they, I was not Liverpool happy. Did look way better than that starting in the out. beginning. Yep. Yeah. Um, they picked up that goal. Mohamed Salah with a nice um, crossing ball moved it onto his left foot. You know, Levi Colwell was trying to show him the sideline because yeah. he wants him to go to the right side because you know he's left-footed. Um, he doesn't want him to use his left foot, but he did it anyways. And, uh, you know, I think Colwell was mainly just trying to stop a shot there. Yeah. And I think he wasn't really expecting a pass. And then Axel Tassasi just needs to do a little bit better picking up that run on Luis Diaz. I, w- I would say he's probably the only one to blame from there. Um, yeah. Really hard sh- uh, shot for Robert Sanchez to stop. I just don't think he's going to stop that. Or, you know, any other keeper on our roster is probably going to stop that. Um, yeah, that's probably, you know, it was a disappointing opening 20 minutes. We started to feel, oh, no, are we here again? And then they went up 2 nothing, but the goal was ruled offsides. Uh, Mohamed Salah Jesus. put the ball in the back of the net, but Levi Colwell and Axel DeSassi just barely, barely stepping up and playing him offsides. Um, it almost seemed like it almost seemed like sometimes, like, uh, Colwell and DeSassi, because they're new in the team, that they weren't exactly in line with Silva in terms of keeping the offsides yeah. line, like, Desasi in particular was kind of back a little bit, but he did well. Like overall, he did well. I don't think he did bad at all. I just think that there were like two or three occasions where they weren't connected as a line together. Which, as a defense, that's what you train on the whole time is keeping yeah. the line together. When do we step up? When do we step back and defend? When do we want to go put a challenge in? Um, overall, I think they did good. You know, only one goal allowed, but when it went two nothing, and before we saw the offside, because obviously from real time you can't tell until you see the replay. So until yeah. we saw that replay, we were starting to think, "Oh man, here we go again. Yeah, we're back." <laughs> We're back, and we never left. Doesn't matter who the new manager is. Um, and then shortly after that, um, we have a corner played in. Um, it gets headed out, and it gets recycled to the edge of the box where Ben Chilwell heads it back towards goal. And it was a perfectly weighted header because it wasn't hard enough to where the goalkeeper can just catch it. He can't commit and run out and run yeah. out to it because then he might be too late, ends up scoring anyways. Um, and it's also far enough to where no defender could get a touch on it. And it was a perfectly weighted header. There was two center backs, but I want to say it was uh, Silva was next to him, but Axel DeSassi in the right place, in the right time, right in the center of the goal, like right, um, you know, four yards out, just slots it home. He's kind of falling as he does it. He's kind of getting pushed as he does it. Slots it in the corner. Uh, Debut goal for a debut man. What did you think of the goal? Fantastic. Yeah. It's always good to see a player score on the first game, right? It is. It is. Um, It's good for his, you know. Yeah. Confidence. Confidence. Yeah, it's always good to see see that. Um, it reminds me of when Koulibaly scored against Spurs last year in his first game. He just thumped it in from a corner. We were like, oh, man, it was, it was a great feeling. That was at Stanford Bridge as well. Um, yeah, pretty good atmosphere for the game. I think what we saw a lot today, and, you know, it could just be first game of the season. You know, we get a lot of criticism at Stanford Bridge for the lack of noise. Um, if you look at other places, if you look at Anfield, uh, the home of our opponents today, 
if you look at Old Trafford, um, these are places that you don't really want to play because they're intimidating. They're loud. Um, and that can be said, but I think today, I think they did much Pretty better. Good, yeah. I think after the first 20, once you, they see the effort from the team, they start to um, liven up a bit. I don't think they should wait for that moment. I think they should be livened up from the get-go. Yeah, you, encourage were, you, the you, team. Were, saying, you were saying that to the TV, too. I was, well, yeah, you could only yeah. hear the Liverpool fans for the first yeah, 20, and that was really frustrating. And this is our stadium. I know, it's really frustrating. And it's one of, you know, it's, it's no secret that uh, uh, rival fans and Chelsea fans alike can agree that it's not one of the best stadiums in the Premier League. Um, it's not the worst either, but it's certainly not the best. We don't have the great atmosphere. It's not like a scary place to come and play as much yeah. anymore, but there are going to be some renovations made. I was about to ask, yeah. By the, yeah, they're, they're working on the planes. I think they're still in the development stage of it okay. um, before getting stuff approved and all that. Um, we'll see how that goes. We her- certainly hope that it would uh, pick up the atmosphere a bit. We're going to hope that. Um, we can go over the man of the match predictions from last week. Um, Maria picked Reese James. Yes, but I was gonna pick Enzo. You did say a second. You did. I don't. I'm not counting that. Yeah, I'm not no, counting that. Yeah, but, but you did say it. I'll yeah, but when that. I was saying that, you kind of started. You had me second guess myself, so I picked Reese. <laughs> but, but you will never do that to me again. You did pick Reese James. I picked Tiago Silva. Um, both played really well. Reese James probably should have had an assist, and maybe, maybe, um, maybe his shot for man of the match would have been a bit better if Nicholas Jackson put away that goal. Tiago Silva, you know, he's just... I was kind of hoping he would score a goal, um, but he, you know... But he did well, too, though, on the pitch today. Yeah. Always right place, right time. Yes. You know, you, you see a lot of players making runs, and he's not necessarily the fastest, but he's, he's five steps ahead in his head. Yes. It, they even pointed it out, uh, one of the... Commentators. Commentators. Yep. And, uh, but, the, but the official man of the match was given to Enzo Fernandez. I think this was... This is a he fish- deserves it. Deserved it. I mean, amazing play in the midfield. I think this is officially the turn of his career. I think the first six months in his career, you know, he came in the middle of the season, kind of a tumultuous season. It was already well known that we weren't going to finish high in the league when he came in. Um, he's being at, he was being asked to play a deeper number six role, coming to receive the ball. This was the first game where you really saw him kind of advancing a bit. We saw him get in the box a couple times. Uh, didn't necessarily get any scoring opportunities, <laughs> but did play some. I mean, he could have had two or three assists today if yeah. if if finishing was just perfect and you know goalkeepers weren't so good and yeah those balls and blocks passes, yes my god he had one in particular to chill on the edge of the box that i thought chill was going to bury but his first touch was horrible was pretty hard for his standard like chill was one of the best first touches in the team and it was really surprised me that his first touch was that bad we're just going to blame that on you know it's practically still preseason in a yeah. sense um so yeah enzo fernandez giving the man of the match um and yeah we're going to do this again for the west ham preview later um, we went over the starting lineup, uh, the goal scorers. We went up Luis Diaz for Liverpool and Axel Tassasi. Um, Yeah, we can finish up the match review here. You know, it's good to get a point. Um, you know, at home, you always want to win, of course. But like I said, it's it's hard in the first game. I, th- I think, you know, given that we have a new manager and new player stuff, the Premier League kind of got us with this opening fixture. I mean, they could have. Yes. I mean, we didn't. Yes, did. I mean, we could have gotten Sheffield United. Luton Town, um, our opponents next week, West Ham, I think we would have beat them. Bournemouth, I think we would have beat them. That I can name like eight to nine teams that I think we would have beaten handedly on the first game. But we got Liverpool, unfortunate. Um, could have won, certainly could have won. We uh, also yeah. had an offsides we had many goal. Opportunities. We had an offsides goal, much like Liverpool did. Yeah. Uh, ben Chilwell kind of rounding the keeper there, absolutely lovely, puts it in, and then the replay shows just barely, barely. offsides. Uh, because of the grass, you could, I almost wonder if the grass wasn't cut like that. That if maybe they would have been able to tell. I'm sure they still would have. But 
being being the fact that Trent Alexander Arnold was um on one part of the guy and it was a yeah. lighter tone and then you could see Ben Chilwell's arm all the way on the other side crossed over oh into the God. darker side of the grass. You're like, oh, they're gonna overturn it. They have to. Um. So yeah, that'll that'll do it for the Liverpool review. Um. We'll see them again at Anfield later in the season. Um. Next topic we want to talk about is the Moises Caicedo drama. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Opening thoughts on this before we get into what actually happened. Can this be over? Can it be with? over? It's August 13th and it's Please. still not done. It's got to be tomorrow, right? I've been saying that. I feel like I've been saying that for five years. I thought days it was going to be today. I also Nothing. was. I also was thinking today. They wanted to unveil him at Stanford Bridge. It happened. That was like the plan that they wanted to like rub it in Liverpool's face. Like, ha ha. But I uh, didn't get to do it. Um, in case you've been living under a rock and you don't or you don't have Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Um, Liverpool put in a 110 million pound bid on Thursday evening. This would have been a British transfer record fee um, between two British teams. Um, Chelsea put in a hundred million in the same night. Um, basically Brighton wanted the deal done by either team that night. They set like a midnight deadline. Um, but things have changed because early Friday morning, it was revealed that Caicedo only wants Chelsea and he contacted Liverpool and said he rejects the move That was insane. and he will not be doing the medical that was already scheduled to take place. So it's one of those situations where Brighton accepted the fee and this is the, this is the nature of this sport is, isn't this isn't like the NBA or the NFL, the American sports we have here where two teams agree upon a fee or, or in the American sports, a trade for instance, and the player has no say. No, the player absolutely has a say. Um, You know, whether it's, whether it's his own choice or whether it's his agent, you know, who can say maybe that'll come out a later date, but he has rejected the move. Basically that he has been in contact with us all summer since May, June, and that this was the move he has anticipated for three months and the clubs, and he has just been waiting for the two clubs to agree a fee. And he, that's his plan. He wants to stick to his word and he wants to come to Chelsea. He wants to play next to Enzo Fernandez. And he is convinced by our, you know, quote unquote project, whatever was presented to him when we agreed personal terms months ago, which, you know, by the way, the money stuff in the contract that has been settled for months, like the amount that he's going to be paid and, you know, the project that was presented to him about how much you're going to play. This is the yeah. style of football we want to play and what we want to achieve as a club that has already been presented. He accepted that and he's sticking to his word. Um, and we better stick to ours. And we got to stick to him. ours. So we got to, we got to agree a fee with Brighton. It's been said by Fabrizio Romano and David Ornstein in the past few days and other um, local Chelsea sources like Nizar Kinsella and Matt Law that it's, that they're going to agree a higher fee. It's going to be somewhere around the 110 that Liverpool put in because it's probably be 115. Something that's like what that. I was thinking. I was thinking um, maybe a hundred, but with 15 million add-ons, so they get 100 million up front, 15 add-ons, so it makes it 115. Uh, we're not quite sure of the structure of the Liverpool's deal, whether how much of it was add-ons or whether yeah. it was 110 up front. That'd be crazy if they did that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we know both teams want them, and it's just so happy to, that we were going to both play on this Sunday. It's just, it's just awkward timing, and that. We also put in a bid for Romeo Lavia, who has been <laughs> really, if you look at how it's equivalent to how we've been in contact with Caicedo since May, yeah. they've been in contact with Lavia since May, and they cannot agree a fee with Southampton. Uh, Southampton have valued him at $50 million all summer, and they put in bids such as 47 and $48 million, like just follows in Southampton. Wow. Southampton have rejected it multiple times, and now we put in a bid uh, for, I think, $15 million on the dot, and it was revealed that Southampton did accept it. But it's not moving along. It's almost huh. like it's almost like Chelsea aren't trying to schedule the medical because they, yeah. they want to make sure that they want Liverpool to withdraw the 110 million bids that they don't have to. Because you can do that, you know, just because you put in the bid doesn't mean it just lasts forever. They can withdraw the bid and then they can 
put in a hundred million, which is what they always planned on paying, which they should have just paid from the beginning in June or from July. The beginning. Um. Yeah. Any thoughts oh on God. any thoughts on the whole lobby twist and how? Um. Now there are reports that they do want both players. Like they do genuinely want Caicedo and Lobby, and that would leave Liverpool with nobody, and they would be fuming because the market right now is not a favorable market for that position. Any thoughts on how Lavia fit into that? Well, you did say we needed back uh, backups for we did. the position. So, I mean, why not? I mean, I'm not saying people are we're going to have, like, this injury list from hell like we had in previous seasons. But someone will. But, you know, it's always injured. nice to have, you know, somebody with uh, the right qualifications. Yeah. And Tyler Adams was going to be that that backup but um that deal has gone through now there are multiple different reasons by that i feel so bad for him initially it was said that oh they want to focus the funds and their attention towards the caicedo deal and now it kind of came out today that it was because when they did the medical they they determined oh he's going to be out longer than Leeds said he was going to be on they said it's more like six to eight weeks that he's going to be out because of a hamstring injury and they just they want someone to hit the ground running i guess like lavia and caicedo who are both currently uninjured um and ready to play and both both played, you know, Premier League football just like Adams did. And uh yeah, it looks like Tyler Adams is not gonna be coming to Chelsea. <clears throat> I'd posted on our Instagram that um, you know, we're pretty excited about another American coming. because uh, obviously being American, we want at least one American in the team. You know, Gabriel Slonino went on loan. So I, Adams would have been nice. You know, he's the captain of the US team. He captains through the world you know, the World Cup. Um, had a great performance against England if a lot of, you know, you supporters of the England team recognize, you know, we tied we tied England 1-1, and Adams was one of our best players. Disrupt and play constantly. Yeah. Big big destroyer role in that midfield. But, yeah, let's hope we can get this Caicedo drama over and done with. Please. Would really, really love for him to play against West Ham on Sunday. Would be excellent. And, and you know, I didn't I didn't get to talk about, you know, too many other players in the Liverpool review because we're going to keep this a bitch short. But, you know, Conor Gallagher in that role, I think he did a role today, and it was he a did. decent role. However... There are sometimes with the ball, I just I know I, I know we won't be seeing Caicedo make those mistakes that he made today. I still I still don't think he should be sold. I just want that to be put that out there. I do not want him sold this summer. Um, I know that they see him as a sellable asset and whatnot. Uh, I think I think he proved today, man, like he can play in this system. He can play in this team. I just don't like him as the solo six role because they were pushing Enzo, you know, up forward to that right side, trying yeah. to connect with Reese James and Raheem Sterling. Um, yeah. I just I, I think uh, Caicedo would do that role better. Any thoughts on Gallagher's performance today? I know we already talked about the match, but he looked better than he's been looking. Had a good preseason, yeah. As well. Since last season, I think he's improved a, a, a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't want I don't want him sold either. I really don't. I don't either. But he's got he has to like fight for that position. It's gonna be a fight, and you know we saw you know Car- I mean? we saw Carney Chuckle make a um come in and start today um a lot of people want him to start today you know within cuckoo going out carney chocomanko's role has now instantly gone up and uh yeah th- i feel like gallagher and chocomanko that's like the competition between those two mm-hmm. and they both started today but you know gallagher's not in his natural position where i think chocomanko was um chocomanko's <laughs> certainly more tidy on the ball despite being younger more tidy on the ball can you know dribble past players yes. can turn Gallagher just feels like he just kind of dribbles and, you know, he's not the fastest dribbler, so players catch up to him Yes, fast and his touches are just a bit heavy. It's just the quality. It's just simple quality. It's just not there that other players have. Like, How old is he? Gallagher, I want to say he's 23 or he's 24. Okay. It's got to be one of those two. Okay. Still very young. Um, yeah. One of our better academy products that we've produced in the last He still has room five for improvement, years. but I just feel like if they were to keep him and 
he just keeps going on the same way for another year or two, then perhaps it would be feasible to, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it could be. And, you know, they report they wanted $50 million for him, and but that clubs are only offering the kind of 35-40. So we'll have to see. There's still plenty of time. I know West Ham, our opponents next week, were one of the teams very interested in who knows? Maybe something because you know how fast transfers can happen. Something, yeah. something could happen tomorrow, and we could be playing him on Sunday. Like we don't know. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, let's try and get Caicedo in right this week. Let's try and Please. get into West Ham. Uh, next topic we got for you guys is Kepa to Real Madrid. Uh, that has been confirmed uh, yesterday on Saturday. I did not see that coming. I didn't. I didn't either. You know, I know I had a feeling when I saw that tweet that Thibaut Courtois for Real Madrid towards ACL. I had a feeling. I said, you know what? They, they're not going to – there's no other keeper on their roster that they're going to be happy with going for a season. They don't have many good backups. I just want to just spit on the ground when you said that guy's name. Yeah, <laughs> Thibaut Courtois. Um, he rejected Bayern Munich to go to Madrid. Bayern Munich was the earlier rumor. We had said that on the last episode that – We did. Thomas Tuchel was interested in bringing him back, which was interesting because Thomas Tuchel didn't even play him that much when he was at Chelsea. He played yeah, Mendy almost weird. 90% of the time. Um, yeah, so obviously you could see why he would go to Madrid over – Bayern Munich. It almost feels like, you know, they brought in Sanchez to be number one competition. And to be fair, I mean, he's won that competition before. We brought in Mendy to be number one competition. He initially lost the job, but he got it back. Yes. I mean, he got it back under yeah. Graham Potter. Like, he won that job, and he was the keeper all season last year, for the most part, without, you know, Mendy yeah. playing the odd game. Mendy was also injured quite a bit last season. Uh, but I don't know if something was that. I mean, I, I highly doubt something was said as if you're – you know, Sanchez is the future here. I, yeah, I, re- I would be I really so surprised. Either. I think that he just saw the opportunity. A Spanish player always wants to play for either Barcelona or Real Madrid, depending on what part of Spain they grew up, you know, what their family uh, customs were, traditions, like who they liked growing up. But, you know, he's Spanish. I mean, he's going to want to go play for Madrid. And it's interesting because if Courtois, you know, should be recovered by next summer, he's going to be loaned back. And now we're looking at, okay, where do we, did, what, was Sanchez so good this year that, He's obviously the number one. Uh, we're going to bring in another keeper within the next Wait, three weeks, uh, by the I way. Uh, they're looking at the Borussia Dortmund keeper. Um, so it, does, does that guy take the starting job? And now now there's three keepers when Kepa comes back next season. So what what are we looking at here? The fact that there was... Obviously, the, the only thing that people didn't like about this was that there was no buy option or obligation. Yeah, that's just weird. We're, it's we're loaning straight, our, our number one keeper. Yeah, it's a straight loan. What? Straight loan with no buy implications at all for Real Madrid. Real Madrid clearly going into this deal saying we need someone for this year and not for the next year. That's clearly what that was, and right? He's saying yes to it. Like they're literally saying they don't want you past that year. Essentially, yeah. It's almost like he's betting on himself and saying, "Well, I'm gonna." You're prove not you guys Courtois. Right. You're not Courtois. He's not Courtois. He's just okay. not. <laughs> You're not. He's not, not even at his level. There's ever. about a foot difference. I mean, good lord. Um. <laughs> Look, this was very interesting because it happened on Saturday, a day before our opening Premier League game. So I don't, you know, Sanchez Sanchez couldn't have been expecting to play that no. this game, surely, right now. I would have thought maybe, like, the next game or something like that. Maybe. Could be. I mean, Kepa was with us the entire preseason. Sanchez came after all of our preseason games were over. And he's been training with the team for the last week, but has not, you know, didn't get the feature in a preseason game with, you know, the players he's playing yeah. with. You know, he's passing to Silva and to Saucy and Colwell and didn't get the we saw some of his passes were shaky. I heard multiple times on the NBC broadcast that, uh, you know, I think Rebecca Lowe, you know, here on the U.S. broadcast asked, uh, you know, Tim Howard and some others, well, what do you think about Robert Sanchez now being an undisputed number one keeper since Kepa's gone? 
And they're saying, oh, well, you know, they might bring another keeper. And, you know, he's really good with his feet and everything like that. I'm thinking, no, he's not. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, that's the whole reason he lost his Brighton job is because a 32-year-old Jason Steele, who was a journeyman goalkeeper, came in and was better with his feet. And Deserby benched, you know, Sanchez, who is, you know, 25, really coming into his prime for a goalkeeper. Kind of that 25-26 is when goalkeepers really start to shine and flourish. Uh, Because, you know, their careers go a bit longer. Um. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get to talk about Sanchez much in the Liverpool review, but we can, we can touch on it real quick. He was fine. I mean, he, he didn't. Okay. He didn't have much to do. Exactly. How many shots on target were faced? I think there was maybe two, and one of them went in. Um, I think I know. To be fair, I think it was pretty unsavable. I mean, it's an awkward. Ingo Luis Diaz is really close to the six yard area at that point, um, and he touches it in, and you know, it's not the best contact, but it's certainly not the worst either. It got in the it got in the corner relatively, and yeah. you know. I think, you know, Kepa's certainly better at, at dropping down to the ground and parrying, but, you know, we did see at the end uh, when Sanchez came out and claimed the ball. I think it was a free kick, or it could have been a quarter. He came out and claimed the ball, he and he just skied high over everyone, and you were like, oh, we haven't seen that in yeah. a while. Um, he's got a longer wingspan than Mendy, so we really haven't seen that in a while. Mendy certainly did it from time to time, but, you know, if players were in front of Mendy, he would sometimes have to resort to punching instead of trying to catch up. But you could see clearly, like, Robert Sanchez jumped, like, a big amount yeah. and was able to catch that ball. We haven't seen that in a while because Kepa just can't do that. He's more of a puncher, or he just likes to stay in his net and yeah. make the save. Um, Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, loaning your keeper without an obligation. I mean, I just think they should have negotiated harder. Who, who's in the tougher spot, really, to negotiate with? It's Real Madrid. Just Apparently not. L- just lost a keeper. Apparently not. And they have begun their games. And, I mean, this is wild. I mean, I guess they just... You know, I guess they just wanted to give Kepa what they want. Were they thinking about his weekly wages here too? That he makes, you know, reportedly 170k a week, maybe. You know, were they trying to get that off the books? I'm sure Real Madrid's picking up all, or if not most, of that weekly wage. Okay. Maybe they're thinking of that. That I mean, we know that, that makes a lot of sense. Then. The owners were trying to restructure the wage bill. We know yeah. that. Um, almost positive Sanchez isn't making anything close to what Kepa got, you know, years ago in his um, deal. But yeah. Kepa's contract, it expires in 2025. So when he comes back next summer to Chelsea, he will have a year left on his contract, which is usually the time where, okay, we're either selling him or we're extending his contract. Um, sell him. It's got to be next season. I think they're just going to sell him. Maybe a, you know, a lot can happen in a year. Um, maybe a Premier League club will be interested. Maybe a Spanish club. Yeah. Or maybe that. Uh, maybe Bayern Munich won't find a permanent keeper solution this year. Maybe they'll try to go for him again next year. So it's hard to say. We'll have to see how that plays out. We'll have to, um, you know, check in on Kepa every now and then, see how he's doing at Real Madrid. Uh, you know, he's certainly better than the, the backups that they had over there. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is better. I mean, and, you know, he's going to play in a country where, you know, understands the language and everything, and I'm sure he knows the culture and what's expected of him there. He gets to put on the Real Madrid shirt. Sure, I'm happy for him. You know, he's not like me. So, yeah. uh, question, do you think he's played his last game for Chelsea? I'm kind of 50-50 on that. I really am. I mean, we know he's going to come back on loan next season, but is he? You know, is he going to report to preseason? Is he going to make it to preseason, or are they going to agree a deal early? I don't think so. I think he, think he's played his last game. Yeah. I think we've seen the end. Yeah. I think they they really believe in Robert Sanchez that they have been saying for the past two weeks that he's going to compete with Kepa for the number one spot. So they initially, right there, they're saying he's going to start this season at one point. Yeah. Just whenever Kepa loses form, or they want to try something new, maybe a cup fixture and. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say. But yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. We'll have to see if uh, who we bring in. Certainly, you know, there's three weeks left, plenty of time to get a keeper, but they got to get this Caicedo over with first because they just they can't put the resources towards a keeper right now because it's just 
There's too much going on. Well, when it, when it comes to a close and we have Kaiseido. Then um, it's time. Then it's time. But all I'm saying is, can we not go the same route we did with Keppa? And, and like freaking freakishly buy like, you know, when without yeah. thinking, you know, a long, impulse. A, a huge contract with a huge fee. Yeah, yeah. let's please. There's really that. and there's really not too many keepers available. There there isn't a star keeper available. They're gonna have to go with a guy that is a number one, but is like flirting with that. Okay, if he comes to Chelsea, he's a number one slash number two. They're it's gonna be a competition for Sanchez. Okay, and because Sanchez has been with the team longer by you know nine days, uh, <laughs> he by he by default <laughs> is gonna be the number one. Um, and that keeper will have to play catch up for the rest of the season. Uh, but yeah. I don't. I think whoever we sign is not going to be someone that's like, okay, they're starting over Sanchez immediately. Okay. But I don't think it's someone that is going to be so behind Sanchez either because his bar isn't that high to begin with either. Okay. This is a spot we need to address next season bad. Uh, uh, yeah. We can understand that you know in January, and now here in the summer we really rebolstered our midfield. We spent a hundred million on Enzo Fernandez, and now it's looking like north of 110, 115 million on Caicedo. Really rebuilding that midfield. And then spending, you know, chunks of $20, $30 million on, like, some younger players that are under 23 years old to really fill the gaps. And next season, it really seems like they need to go after striker and goalkeeper. Um, yeah. There's still time to go after striker, but again, the market is just, I don't see, I don't see who they're going to get. Yeah, not right now. Um, but yeah, I think we'll have to see how that plays out. Maybe maybe in January they'll get someone, um, but I doubt it. It seems like uh, goalkeepers typically don't go in January. It's typically a summer signing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the West Ham preview now, and then we'll close up the episode. Um, we're going to be playing West Ham next Sunday. We got the Sunday 11.30 slot again for us. Um, how do you like that slot? Is there a slot you prefer? Because you got the you got that Friday 3 p.m. game. And by the way, we're talking about Eastern times for us. We know over in the over uh, in England and the U.K., it's 8, you know, 8 p.m. if it's 3 p.m. should be a five-hour time difference normally. And then on the West Coast, if we have any West Coast listeners, you guys... Sometimes they get up really early because the 10 a.m. games for us, which is a nice slot, are 7 a.m. for you guys. And if there's a 7.30 slot, oh God. you're talking 4.30. I don't think I'm getting up for those, nope. mate. No, I would not. Depend if it, I mean, if it's Chelsea Arsenal, you know, I'll get up for that for sure. That's going to be a lot of in that coffee. I would do. But we don't plan on going to the West Coast anytime soon. So. Nope. Uh, do you have a favorite time slot? Like, do you like the Sunday 9 a.m.? Do you like Do you like the Sunday 11.30? Or do you like Saturday, how they have the 12.30 slot, they have the 10 slot, and they have the 7.30? I gotta say, I like the middle of the day on Saturday and also Sunday. Yeah, those the eleven thirty one. Yeah, I like those. Yep, and we we got we got that um, we got that two weeks in a row. Thank God we don't have the Monday game. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> glad because we're both working uh, tomorrow, so we wouldn't have been able to see it. Um, yeah. Manchester United and Wolves are the opening Monday game of the season tomorrow. Um, yeah, we got the eleven thirty slot again tomorrow. We're gonna be at London Stadium at West Ham. Uh, they tied Bournemouth um yesterday um one to one. So they tied one to one just like we did. They had Jared Bowen score their lone goal. Uh, he's always a threat from the right wing position. Um, yeah, their team's you know it's pretty, pretty much the same team as last season, but without Declan Rice. Yeah. But that's a big miss. Even though it's one, you know, normally if one player leaves the team, it's you don't notice it that much. But when it's someone like Declan Rice who had hundreds and hundreds, uh, you know, a couple hundred caps for them, was their captain. Um, really, really moved the ball from defense to offense like like no one else does in the league. And, uh, you know, he's always he always has a bit of a goal threat as well. That's a big miss for them. Yeah. And they have they signed Edison Alvarez from Ajax, who Chelsea almost signed last summer, um, broke, the, broke the fee for a Mexican player. Um, Edison Alvarez is just not the kind of midfielder that Rice is. And yeah. I don't know what they're going to look like. Uh, Edison Alvarez uh, did not play this weekend. 
I think he did not have enough time training okay. with them. Um, so we'll have to see if he makes his day. I mean, that would be a ideal game for us to play him as his debut, like him getting up to that speed. Ede Versi is a very good league over there in the Netherlands. Very good league. Respect those teams a lot, like Feyenoord and Ajax. Respect those teams a lot. They're in the Champions League, and they, they make some noise every season. But the pace of the league and the amount of time a, mid, a midfielder has is not the same. Yeah. I mean, you got – I looked at how much we hounded their midfielders today. I mean, Raheem Sterling and Nicholas Jackson, we're going to hound Alvarez next week. And if he's yeah. trying to hold on the ball, we could have some <coughs> breakaway goal opportunities next week. So how long when you um, get a transfer – um, do they have to wait before they can actually play on the pitch? 48 hours. Just 48 hours. The deadline. And he, and he did sign in time. I think it just, I think he maybe only had one training session or maybe none at all. Okay. And they deemed it just not plausible and they'd rather just go with players that they had during the preseason. Okay. Uh, yeah, 48 hours. That's why I was disappointed on Friday when we didn't sign Casado <laughs> because it was like, oh, it's 48 yeah, hours. We are, we, he cannot play this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we get it done by Friday because then he can play against West Ham. No, no, um, I want it done by the next 48 hours please. that would be amazing please um so we're looking at some of the players they have you know they still have Mikel antonio who's been for west ham for a long time strong strong striker when he gets the ball in his chest or he's trying to hold it up um he's just so hard to take the ball off of i mean we have strong defenders too um axel tasasi looked like a beast today guy's thick guy's strong <laughs> man uh so well that'll be a fun matchup to see if decide um i'm just assuming that maybe I, I'm not trying to guess the starting lineup here or anything, but I mean, I'm just assuming they might go with the same lineup. Yeah. I mean, maybe depends if Caicedo comes in or if they want to change things around. Um, then I, I assume Gallagher would not start, or maybe he would go in that chuckle maker position, that number ten position. Uh, yeah, Lucas Paqueta, that's a scary player to play against. Um, but you know, he might not even be playing for West Ham next time. He could be going to Man City. There have been rumors of like ninety million, a hundred million flown around for that. Jesus I did, I did not. Christ. I did not realize he was worth that much. I was like, that's mad. I did not realize Paqueta was. Always knew he was a good player, and you know, coming out mm-hmm. of Brazil, his name was always being thrown around, uh, especially on FIFA. Yeah, I remember he always had a high potential in FIFA. Uh, I believe he came from AC Milan. Um, yeah, I don't see how he costs that much, but you know, if he's in the team, we're gonna have to be wary of him. You know, he's a really good player. Um, they got Pablo Fernandes. There are too many players on the team that <laughs> that scare me. Um, you got Kurt Zuma. Not sure if he's fit again. Uh, It'll be it'll be a it'll be a um competition of mid goalkeepers with Alphonse Areola and uh <laughs> Robert Sanchez. Like oh, who can God. be who can be the most mid goalkeeper ever? Um yeah, let's go ahead and make our man of the match prediction. Um I'm gonna throw it over to you. It's hard not to say into it. It's hard not to do recency bias. I'm gonna try not to do it because I don't like to do recency bias. But man, Enzo had such a good game. Who are you going I'm with? Probably gonna go with Enzo. It's either Smart Enzo decision. or Chili. Smart decision. I need, I need one for you right here. Right now. You got to commit. Enzo. Enzo Fernandez. It's a top pick. I mean, he was great today. The way he moved the ball was astounding. I mean, he kind of missed out on some cross field passes. Like maybe, you know, you know, maybe he doesn't have his full legs under him yet. But, you know, he played the full 90. Looked great. Um, Really dribbling out of midfield. Like yeah. when, when players were like on his back and pressuring him, he just like tight little dribbles, like moving around the ball, like spinning. I mean, he just... He's, it, he's quick. He didn't seem like... Yeah, because he looks kind of like a stocky... Like, his build is kind of stuck, but, like, he can move his feet fast, Yes. Though. He's not in a dead sprint. No, he's not fast. That's not what we signed him for, but he's... In the his midfield, footwork. Yeah, it's just his footwork and just, you know, how clutch and how calm he is as well. Like, so yeah. calm. Always feels like he's, you know, he's just playing a game, yeah. which is how it should be. Like, that's when 
that's when you see players flourish the most when they say like i just felt like i was playing a, a game out there like in a, a schoolyard game you know uh my man of the match Ooh, this is tough so i went with tiago silva um you went with reese james last week you pick an enzo this week <sighs> i'm gonna go with nicholas jackson i think he had a really good game i think he was unlucky not to score could have scored twice really yeah could have had an assist as well uh that one he got, if he hadn't been hitting it from the bottom of his... I know, yeah. He just man. just didn't connect it very well. The Reese James cross. And he yeah. you know, leaned back a bit too much. And the ball is coming, fizzing in. But mm-hmm. at a Premier League level, you got to finish it, to be fair. I think he'll be kicking himself when he watches that. Um, I think he's due for a goal. I, you know, I, I was kind of hoping he would score against Liverpool. But it was a tough game. Virgil van Dijk and Konate were pretty good back there today. Yeah. Um, big defenders. Big, strong, fast yes. defenders. Yes. He's very quick, though. I mean, he held his own, like, strength-wise. Like, I think he's he stronger than we give him credit for because we see him as so fast and shifty. And, uh, you know, he always wants to make that vertical run. But he's strong for his size. I mean, yeah, he's stronger than he looks. He held off Konate very well, and that's one of the biggest center backs in the Premier League. I just like the fact that they're all trying, um, making the effort to score. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's no continuous passing back over and over and over again. Making like, the runs. It's vertical. It, it's not It's not so much horizontal and passing it back. It's vertical it's like passes. You find, a, you find an opening, you make the shot. If it yep. goes in, great. If it doesn't, at least you made the effort. Yeah. Which is what I've been seeing the entire freaking season. Last season, I yep. was so pissed. And you got and you got to teeter with the offsides line. Like, sure, if, if you make a run and you're offsides, Okay, that's unfortunate, but how close were you though? Like, were you a step away from being on sides and then maybe getting a goal? Yeah. I mean, that's you got to try it. If you're off sides three times, but then you score the fourth time, no one gives a crap about the last three off sides. Like, no one cares. So I'm gonna go Nicholas Jackson. I think he will score, and I think we'll just see an overall good performance again. Him running the channels, holding up the ball, um, coming out to the wing, making some plays, maybe even grabbing assist as well. Um, presses very well too for striker. Always presses the midfield and the mm-hmm. back line very well. Um, so let's go and put you on the spot. Score prediction next week at the London Stadium. Winning two to one. Winning two to one. There we go. Um, I'm going to go the same. You know what? I'm going to go Chelsea win two to zero. I say we keep a clean sheet. I think it's the first clean sheet of the season. Um, I think we would have kept a clean sheet today if it wasn't for one moment lapse of, yep. of weakness. I think yep. there we really did not face that many shots today. I think our, our defense kind of went under the radar today because of how good our passing was. Like people don't think about how good our defense was. I'm going to go 2-0. Uh, do you have any score predictions? I already said I think Nicholas Jackson would score. Uh, for the second one, um, I'll go with Carney Chukameka getting his first senior goal. I let's see. I'd say Nicholas Jackson and Mudrick. And Mudrick, there you go. Yeah, Mudrick did not start today. He got about ten minutes off the bench. We'll have to see if. Um, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, hopefully he hopefully he gets the play. Like we want to see him like come to his full potential, but in good time. So that's gonna do it. Um, that's gonna rack up the Liverpool review and the West Ham preview. Uh, all the other topics we talked about the Caicedo. We're gonna have to watch the next week. Um, so we'll see you guys next week for the West Ham review. And who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about. Wow, what a great goal! What a great uh, goal Moises Caicedo scored. That would be amazing. Oh God, I forgot. That would be that great. Could be. Oh. That'd be great. Why didn't we pick him for player of the match? <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll see you next week and stay blue.